I'm Jesse. And I'm Josh. And this is Slice by Slice, a podcast where we dissect and discuss horror films by categories and subgenres, such as slashers, franchises, and directors' bodies of work. And of course, we can't dissect and discuss these films in the detail we do without spoilers. Spoilers. That is the key word right there. <laughs> this one is about to spoil all of screen six. So if you have not seen the movie, back the fuck out. <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie and still kind of want to listen to it, but don't want to be spoiled, back the fuck out. Yes. We're doing this shit fresh. If you're like, I don't care. I want to hear about it first and then go see the movie. The fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. Especially since it's a fucking scream movie. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. So you guys probably already listened to the thoughts on the movie without giving anything away. So now we're just going to let the whole cat out of the bag. Not like a full episode, obviously, because we can't take notes. It's in the theater just came out and we just saw it once. I ain't got but that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go see it on Thursday, though, with my wife. So, Oh, nice. It's going to be awesome. Well, just trying to think. I, I got some notes here, so let's just dive in. Let's start off with the opening, right? Like a normal episode, and, and that's always a big key part in a screen movie. Yes. The moment you see Samara weaving sitting at that bar, you know she's Drew Barrymore for the film. Yep, and it makes you sad. <laughs> or it made me sad. I know, I know. And <laughs> she's so big right now and, and in a lot of horror stuff, and she's worked with, you know, the the – directors of this film and ready or not. So they had to put her in one of them. And um, I noticed she wasn't in the trailers very much, which kind of made me think like scream five when you didn't see uh old boy from the boys in the trailer much. I'm like, Oh, he's the killer. And I was afraid they were going to do that with her. And I was kind of relieved to see her at the beginning, but like you said, saddened at the same time. Yep. So yeah, so she gets off and, and you know, we got our big open and kill. But then something happens that's never happened before. That is right. The killer takes their fucking mask off and you can see who it is, which was driving me crazy because I knew the voice. I knew the voice and I couldn't figure it out. And it's Flash from the new Spider-Man movies and he's on the Willow show and so much other shit right now. Servant. And uh, when I saw his face, it all, it all clicked. Anyways, I thought it was kind of neat at first. And I'm like, oh, my God, are we going to get a scream movie from the perspective of us knowing who one of the killers is hanging out in the group. And then we don't know who like the partner is or something. Oh. Right. I was like, that'd be really neat. And then I was kind of like, I don't like it either. Cause it's not screen. Yeah. But it'd be like, <laughs> it'd be like a whole meta on top of meta type thing. So yeah. it would have been passable. I do have to say though, when, when he goes to town on her in the alley, it's like a shape of things to come of the fucking violence right. in this movie compared to the other ones. <laughs> Right. I think that was just to let you know how violent the movie is going to be. I'm going to set the bar right here. Yup. And he usually doesn't play that kind of character. So it was, it was kind of interesting and it kind of played a bit off of the, uh, I think it's scream four that has like the three stab openings at the beginning and you yes. just keep seeing famous actresses get murdered. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't know like if that was homage to that or if they were like copying that a bit for fun, but it was definitely different, and you didn't know where they were going to go with it. And then you hear, okay, they're film nerds. This is going to be sprinkled throughout here, but that's kind of like a Scream 2 throwback also in itself, right? Yeah. Because like Mickey, right? So you had to, you had that uh, with the film nerd that was obsessed with stab movies and Scream, and then you find out he's got a, a roommate or partner or whatever, both, and, and they were supposed to go do this together, and, and he snuck out, and then they get fucked by like the real ghost face, you know? And um, I just want to say I love that he was watching Jason Takes Manhattan when he got <laughs> like they just let you know yep. this is the bar for the kills and yes we're aware that Friday the Thirteenth already did this. No fun. 
I have to point out in the apartment that I know you saw this too because we both pointed at it. There's they've got a friggin' last podcast on the left poster hanging. There's also an Ice Nine yeah. Kills mini poster on the refrigerator, and when we get a little later in this, I'm going to bring up a funny story about Ice Nine Kills and their involvement in this movie. Okay. I didn't notice that because I'm not super familiar with that band other than here you talk about them, but I did notice there's like a picture of Casey Becker or like a magnet of her or yes. something on the fridge, which is kind of weird because these people are crazy, right? That's, we're seeing a slasher in the opening scene here, but well, yeah, like he's even he's got, gone, right? They're gone. It, well, and he's even got like a mini shrine in the closet where he goes to put his mask up and it's like, oh, that's no, they're more obsessed yeah. than that. We're going to find out. Yeah. I went into this a little bit on the uh, spoiler free discussion but i know people hate it on sam on the fifth one i see people are more relieved that she should more range of emotion even though i think she's supposed to be like super medicated and battling her inner demons at all times so that's why she acts that way but i i, I definitely feel like they sh- made her show more range of happiness and sadness and stuff like that but i think we got something good out of that as well because we saw her go ham in the last one but she goes extra like nanners in this one yes. she needs to and I think they, you know, the extra range of emotion didn't apply to just happiness and sadness and whatnot. It it went into the psychopathy as well. Yeah. I feel like I had this in some sort of organized way when I took notes, but I, I think it's just going to kind of like mush together, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. Uh, the reveal, like I said earlier, I felt slightly cheated by it and didn't like the way they did it. I didn't think you could figure it out by the way they set it up. And then when I thought about it, I was like, man, this is quite clever. And I wanted to point out stuff because I think there's a lot of people that felt cheated. And, you know, if you don't remember all these little bullet points I'm about to go over, <laughs> it was sprinkled through there. So first you got Quinn saying that her dad was messed up after the death of her brother. And that's why they moved there. Right. Hence. So that should point something out to you right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, either, you know, it's Richie's family or another killer that's been killed's family or family of a victim. And now they want to get revenge. But like something like that should have pointed out. And, and Richie would make the most sense with them not going after Sydney this time. Yes. Quinn dying threw a wrench in this to me, though. And that was part of why I felt cheated a little bit as well, because they faked her death. But then I realized I didn't follow one of my own general rules of film and television. We never saw her get killed on screen. We didn't. We got that damn picture that I was mad about of mid kill. Let me send a text message. Let Ghostface going to send a text message to everybody. Be like, I'm killing this chick in here. The sexually free chick is not in here banging her boyfriend. He's dead in the bathtub. And I was so mad. And then when you get to the reveal, it's like, okay, now that part is at least solved for me. And at that moment, I'm still not happy with the reveal, but at I'm going to solve, solve it even better for you. <laughs> okay. Those were texts to Sam from her boyfriend from across the hall because she wouldn't answer the phone so she could see what the fuck was going on. That was Danny texting her because he called and she ghosted him and then he just started sending pictures. Oh, okay. I'll confirm Thursday, but I thought about that because you said that in the park a lot. We that makes a lot more sense. And I thought about it when I got home and I'm like, no, no, it's Danny texting her, letting her know what's going on. And Quinn and uh, it, it has to be dad uh, would, yeah. would know that he was watching. Right. And that explains how we got in the house, how the knives got hidden. Oh, yeah. Because she just let her dad in and hid the knives. And while she's just laying on the bed, talking on the phone and not even realizing he's just standing there forever while the boyfriend's watching, because they didn't realize they were being spied on at first. I don't yeah. think. And then when they did, they just kind of, they went with it and they 
they hammed it up a bit. Yeah, check that because it probably says his fucking name at the top of the phone and I didn't even catch it. <laughs> right. She like silences it and then the text immediately starts. Exactly. So, you know, he's like, fucking go check. Oh, that better be accurate. That's going to that's going to make it so much better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with there being three killers in this movie. Yes. It, three. it made it harder to track down the two obvious killers, which were Ethan and Detective Bailey. I think everybody probably pointed straight at them pretty early on. Yeah. And you would get fucked because they would be present during stuff and sometimes together. And, you know, they'd never done a third killer before. So you had to really think, are they doing a third killer? And it just makes it harder to figure out, but not in a way where you're cheated, right? Like you just got to pay more attention. Yeah. But I think that kind of added to it, especially on reflecting on the film after watching it. Uh, a couple things of note, uh, the bodega fight at the beginning in the mini mark that was almost entirely spooled in a trailer, right? The killer was very familiar with using that pump action shotgun. Yes. And like patrol in the area, because if you think about it, it was dad. It, he was the only one free to go do it now. Yes. That, and that makes a whole lot more sense when you say it with the shotgun. And I just got to say that, okay, going back to Halloween, the whole Michael Myers doesn't use guns. Remember that whole thing from the franchise and everything. And it's like, well, but he used it in a Michael Myers way. So it's okay. I'm totally okay with ghost face right. with a shotgun. Like, it seems like one of those things that me of all people yeah. would just bitch about incessantly, but I, it was so much fun. That whole, the whole bodega scene is just awesome. Yeah. Out of left field for the franchise. They so New to speak. Yorked it up a bit. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Real quick while we're talking about that place. <laughs> so there's uh it may show it before they go in there, but definitely the last shot from outside the bodega, uh, I caught the name of the bodega and it was fucking Abe Snake. <laughs> and I leaned over to Jesse and I'm like, dude, Abe Snake, that's Wes Craven's porno name. <laughs> when he when he directed, not when he was in. Right, right. When he when he directed him. <laughs> and uh Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I happened to run across something I was reading that uh so Ice Nine Kills either has or was going to have a poster on the the bodega storefront. And they had a reference to Abe Snake on their poster. And when they were talking to the filmmakers about it, they're like, what's that? And they had to explain it to them, which kind of sucks. But according to this article, this is how it went down. And they're like, oh, fuck that. We're stealing <laughs> that from you. We're going to name the bodega that now. <laughs> Allegedly. That's um, awesome. But it was... Oh, there's so much that by the time we get to covering these movies, there's a god awful amount of Easter eggs in this fucking film. But I ha I, I caught that one and I had to yeah, I had yeah. to go online and verify that I wasn't fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't jump out to me, but as soon as you said it, like I knew I had read it and I'm like, "Oh my god, you're right." It it clicked, you know. <laughs> but the main point I was trying to make there is just that the other kids were accounted for, so it'd have to be dad, and it makes sense with the shotgun. And yes. to add on what you said about the guns, Ghostface has always used guns. It's just usually not until the mask comes off. They've always used guns. It's just the end of the movie usually, right? Yes. So it followed the pattern, and uh, speaking of following patterns, the Scream 2 pattern. I'm going to go over in detail in a minute, but <laughs> I just wanted to, while we're on the topic of three killers, the original script and plan for scream two was to have three killers it was gonna be mrs loomis it was gonna be the roommate and it was gonna be the boyfriend dun, dun, dun. and then the script leaked and they had to change the fucking movie and then trick all the actors because they didn't know it leaked it and this 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 and that right so with this being the new scream two they went back to the third killer scenario and they even used the parent angle which was yes nice, right and the the whole revenge of the parent because of the killer from the previous movie and using two of the new cast members that are close with the group. Like, it, it, it really did follow that, which was kind of awesome. 
All right, as far as there being three killers and this being the first time in a Scream film that it actually happened, I feel like they did hint at it a little bit. A couple examples that I call, there was multiple awesome Scream 6 posters, but one of them had three <laughs> Scream faces on it. <laughs> so, oh. booyah. And the big one to me was the train scene. Yes. Which is on the previews. And they're separated into two trains, and each train had three ghost face on it. Yes. I mean, they're slashers and Easter eggs galore, but each train had three ghost face on it. So look, there's three killers right there. Okay. And, and, and like I'm, I, I, I keep diverting us on, on interesting things since we're talking about the trains for a second. Um, the amount between that and the party, there's so yeah. many iconic people in there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, generationally, because you've got people dressed up as characters from us. You've got a chick dressed up as the fucking May Queen from Midsommar. Right. And every generic, not generic, but as far as to wide appeal audiences of recognizable horror characters are there. And it's fun just to go through. And I, I went yeah. through and found a list and was reading through it. There's so much shit in there that I didn't even see while we were pointing yeah. shit out in the movie. So uh, keep your, I ain't even going to go through the list, but keep your eyes peeled when you go on your second watch. Um, yeah. That, that, one of them that bothers me fucking Sam from trick or treat supposedly in there. And Ginger says she saw him. <laughs> oh, well, I'll look for him for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out my train of thought here with this bullet point. Maybe I just didn't have anywhere else to put it, but I guess it's because we're talking about the killers and who you're suspicious of and trying to figure out three, but Hayden Penetrator's back, right? Kirby's back in the movie or in the franchise. And, um, that automatically makes you suspicious of her a little extra, right? Like, is she the killer? This and that. And they try to set her up as the scapegoat. Yeah. Oh, this is, I see how it goes into the three killer thing now. But even the scapegoat thing, if you pay attention, gives away the killers and what's going on. For example, the stakeout in the park. Okay. Detective Bailey's been thrown off the police case and uh, like put on temporary leave of absence, supposedly, right? Yeah. And Kirby takes over the investigation and they're using an FBI van with FBI software to track phone calls in 15 seconds well yeah in 15 seconds but you know later when when detective bailey calls him and says she got fired like three months ago because she's crazy yeah like it's a lie because she still had access to her fbi resources obviously still an fbi agent okay so even that clue was there right there if you're paying attention that you would immediately go up fucking cops line (laughs) right It took me a minute on that one, but I was like, no, I don't like, cause I was trying to figure out if you could figure that out. Cause I, I did think it was kind of interesting. Like they made a big point of Gail found the purchase records of the, the building, yes. the, hidden, the theater with the hidden stuff. But Kirby's like, I didn't find that when I looked a few months ago. Well, it's because it just changed hands. The dad had it. And then he put it in the two boys at the beginning's name recently. And that's how Gail yep, found to it. To CYA. Right? And while we're talking about him and a pr- previous episode of ours, you mentioned the, uh, this is going to come full circle. Just trust me. Um, you had mentioned <laughs> the, uh, the Murdoch murders. Um, yeah. We just watched that, like finished it yeah. before recording. And because okay. one of the things Ginger said going home was like, why would they put him on his son's case? Quote, quote unquote, you know, and something related to his son's case um, or his son's events in, in the, the previous right. movie that, and how the hell do you get your hands on all this evidence? Like, you know, and they say it in the movie, it's like, you know, money changes hands, evidence goes missing, blah, 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 blah. But after watching the real shit that happened with the Murdoch family and how they had that whole fucking town, or at least he had for a time, the whole fucking town doing his bidding. 
Um, yeah. Uh, I can see a dirty cop being able to get this kind of shit done, including being put on this case specifically and getting his hands on all that evidence. So life just cleared up art for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Richie's last name wasn't Bailey. Ah, so, but then the rest of the force would have to be really dumb. Either they have different last names and that was able to hide it or the dad faked this whole fucking new identity to get on the police force in New York. I'm just going to go with dirty cop. <laughs> Either way, the, the last name doesn't match. So he could have steered clear of that or like he just bought a new identity, you know, for this whole crazy setup here. But I guess that's enough about the the three killers. A couple other uh, things I'd like to hit on. I like how they subverted expectations because when you see a sequel to a slasher movie and legacy characters come back, you expect them to die. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a guarantee every time. And some people are mad online. They're like, I can't believe they didn't kill any of them. What a bunch of sissies. Eh. I think that was part of the meta of Scream. Yes, they even said it in the in her little Randy speech with the rules and shit. She's like, half of us at least are going to die. Yeah. And the other half might be the killers. <laughs> none of them were the killers, and none of them died. I know. And everybody thought that going in, and people are mad because it didn't happen because they just knew it so much. That is scream as fuck to me. Like, they subverted your expectations and used it against you. Yes, and it's and that is one of the areas where I think in the keeping it fresh thing without going with introducing something stupid is, is refreshing. <laughs> it fucking works. Yeah. <laughs> People are even mad about Chad living and it, it's scream Two remade. And do we got the absolute fucking shit shanked out of him and scream Two? Well, here's made it. The, the whole thing though is if this is what, and another thing that the wife was bitching about, um, the way he got cut up in, well, and we talked about it a little bit right afterwards, the way he got cut up in five, like, I'm like, he's alive. <laughs> Seeing him get cut up, yeah. like, like, he's he's fucking invincible. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> and they were doing, like, really, really quick, shallow stabs yeah. all over his body. Yeah. So, I mean, they could have missed major things, or he might need severe fucking surgery and a blood transfusion when he gets to the hospital. <laughs> they showed him, like, coughing up blood and going to the hospital. I mean... He got to kiss his girl, but I don't know if he's supposed to partly be the new Dewey. We already saw it happen. I mean, it it, it was accepted before, accepted now. Um, the, the only thing, it, like, it didn't make me mad because I like his character, and I, I want to see like this main core four. I guess they call themselves make it through, make it to the end to see what happens because I'm still waiting on like at some point Sam's going to end up having to be the real ghost face of this franchise right like she's not involved now but I feel like it's so, something's going to snap yeah. maybe maybe her sister dies and then and then you know she goes you know crazy but I, I like seeing this group together I think they play off of each other really well but but the one thing that made me mad about him being alive is they gave him an awesome like hero's journey and hero's death <laughs> right like him getting just i mean we've never seen somebody get shanked by two ghost faces at the same time true and he's coughing up the blood and he's like just run and he's like just toughing it out through the stabs to talk i'm like what a fucking absolute chad i actually said that to you in yeah. the theaters you know and it was it was a cool death to go out on because if they do kill him off and another movie whether this is a trilogy or quadrilogy i, I just feel like it's not gonna be as cool of a death but here's the thing, like you said about it, you know, it's changing the rules of, of the movie and, and doing a rug pull on you in a good way. We have to grow fond of this new core four if we're going to go right. three, four, whatever movies. So their lives have value when they do kill them off. Because yeah. at this point, I could I, I know it was said that Gail was OK, but I'd, I could give a shit if Gail was dead in this one. I'm ready. Yeah. I, I can move on. Well, because of two things. One, I want fucking Stumacher back. Two, 
looking at how this is playing off of like it led us to believe in five and fucking fully confirmed here in six is these are requels loosely with yeah of, of key, not loosely it's a recall man <laughs> well, well, well with with uh with key plot elements or key plot devices yeah. i guess of one two and presumably three and that it, it i'm okay with that because it's it's like inception it, it's the meta of the meta and it's in a scream franchise so it sounds stupid but it's a Scream franchise, so it's okay. Right. <laughs> Which is so fucking weird. So at this point, I'm okay with the new characters, um, more so than I was in four from everybody that was introduced. Like, I didn't right. I didn't want to hang out with them for multiple movies. These I can put up with. Um, yeah. That means they did a good job picking them and writing their characters and designing them. Because, like, I'm I'm invested in all of them. I mean, I hate to say it, but Tara, Jenna Ortega's character is the one I care the least about. Say, well... It's weird. I, I'm in this 50 50 spot with all of them. Like, none of them are like, I'm afraid to lose yet. The twins, I'd be upset. I like both the twins. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I, I need another movie. I need another movie to decide. <laughs> in all seriousness. And then like, we, we already know where I, where I, I stand on, on Sam Carpenter. I'm on Team Sam. I'm waiting on, <laughs> I'm waiting on her to fucking snap, and it's going to be awesome when it happens. I don't think it's going to happen until four. I'll get to that a little bit. I have a theory of where I think it's going to go. And I think you said your wife has one as well. Yes. And, and it kind of plays in on is there going to be three of these or four of these. Uh, before I dive down to that point, Scream 2 similarities. I, I've, I've touched on it, but I wanted to go into it a little further. I really think it's awesome that they're following the pattern of the original trilogy with these two films. Yes. Without outright ripping it off right but it, it is still kind of redoing it which the even the new star wars trilogy did that like force awakens was a new hope with different characters <laughs> and last jedi was basically empire strikes back backwards <laughs> and and then they just went off the rails for the third one and i have a feeling that's gonna happen because we're still getting new films with new unique twists and turns but it follows the outlines of of scream one and scream two and I think it's neat, but I really hope they deviate from that on the third film. I don't want it to just be, oh, this is the single killer and it's somebody's surprise sibling. Like that needs to not happen. The third one needs to once again subvert expectations. <laughs> like they've set us up to expect it to be Scream 3, and I want it to either be Scream 4, not seriously, but like that would be funny. <laughs> Swapped it or just like completely subvert expectations. But these are just a few of the bullet points of things from Scream 2 that they redid in this movie. They were out of Woodsboro, right? They were in a different city. They were at college. That was a big obvious one right there. Yup. They used the original three-killer plan for Scream 2. They used the grieving parent from the previous film, killer getting killed uh, as one of the killers. Yup. They had Easter eggs in there, like Chad's in the frat that Sydney's boyfriend was in in Scream 2, and Tara was pledging for the sorority that Cece was in. Oh, shit. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I had to, like, Google the names when I got home to make sure I wasn't crazy because it's not like I had the frat names memorized, but, like, they <laughs> stuck out as random enough. I, I think they're fake names. I'd have to research. But, like, it just I was like, that sounds like CCs. Then I looked it up, and it was right, and then that, that kind of stumbled over the Chad thing. But I'm sure there's a lot more, and it's just really neat that they did that. And there's all sorts of Easter eggs they put in there that it doesn't have anything to do with the screen movie, but other people they know and stuff. And that would be something for when we covered this new trilogy when it's done. Okay. But yeah, yeah, it was, it was really cool. And I wasn't expecting to go into scream Two, remade, but in a new way. <laughs> and that's what I'm holding out hope for in the next one, that if it's supposed to be scream three and we're talking about dropping hints and plot devices, 
we got in five, we've got the mocker house in six. When they point out the TV, they, you know, they're sitting there talking about, it's like, Oh, that's the, the TV that killed Stu mocker. It's like, yeah, if you believe he's actually dead, like fucking right. it's right there. And if we go into three, we go with an element in, in three of being, some character from the past that you think doesn't doesn't matter. Now we don't know. We got a. We had no way to know in three. It was just oh look at this new device. Yeah. Um, which I'll give you that. But to have that angle of a something from the past coming back because we're following trilogy rules, um, mm-hmm. which brings it right back to Randy and it, and and that all works. And then the other angle of this because I asked the wife, I was like. But we've had this whole thing about bitching about the Stab movies as well. And Scream 3 was about the making of Stab and the people in Stab getting killed yeah. in the order of the script, blah, 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 blah. How do you shoehorn all that in without it being fucking stupid? And she goes, in the next movie, they're doing a reboot of Stab. And I'm like, fuck. Oh, yeah, that's far as going to go. <laughs> like, that's that's perfect. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's great. <laughs> I'm not far off on on what she's thinking uh, with Stu. I didn't think about the whole stab thing coming back. And that's, you know, if they stick with most of the outline of Scream 3, that's what they're going to do. It's going to be a remake of stab or, or reboot of stab. Yeah. But if they subvert expectations, I still kind of hope Stu would be involved. But I don't know if this would be like a uh, Scream 7 or Scream 8. And I don't know if they're doing a trilogy or quadrilogy. So it kind of throws me off. But <laughs> I kind of feel like. The last movie, whether it be this one or the next one, is going to be like a cult of ghost face type thing because they've kind of set that up now. There's like groups of people getting together, obsessed and collecting the the stuff and making teams of ghost face because we just had, if you think about the opening scene, you had, what was their names, like Jason and Gary or whatever, but the the two film students were two ghost faces that were plotting with Detective Bailey and his team of ghost faces <laughs> to be multiple ghost face groups going out killing. It's an army of ghost and faces. I can see them go that route and then Stu's the mastermind behind it, which was kind of the plot for, I don't remember if it was Scream 3 or Scream 2, where Stu was masterminding a cult from prison. Was oh, yeah, I remember screenplay. reading about It might have been 3, maybe. So that would be even funnier, right? Like, if that was the plot for 3 and not 2. Because I, I don't remember, but I'm leaning towards it was the plot for three, and they just scrapped it. And that's how we ended up getting the whole Roman thing that nobody liked. <laughs> but if they go the route of bringing Stu back, that would be a way of, of going back to the original trilogy. And I really want him back, but in another way, I don't also. Like, it'd be nice if he's just dead. But it, it just really bothers me because they did have Kirby plant the seed that he could still be alive. Yeah. But it should be really easy to find out if he's still alive, especially since she's in the fucking FBI. Well, there's a, I did a little bit of, a little bit of digging today. There's a, there's a spot in the movie where they're showing, there's a whiteboard at the police station and they've got mm-hmm. him listed on their deceased 1996. Um, okay. So there's that too. So we're actually getting a yay and a nay in the movie. Well, the movie's meta, the, the screen five referenced dread it like the horror Reddit yeah. a couple times in it. Right. And the entire thing on dread it for scream five and leading into scream six has been Stu's coming back. <laughs> so some people online were like, that was a Reddit joke again. Uh, like that's not actually, they're not actually saying Stu's coming back. That was to fuck with all the people on Reddit. Since that's like what 90% of the people are saying could be. So I, I, I still feel like the cult of Ghostface thing could happen. Um, and if they made Stu come back, that would be the way to do it. But, I mean, it should be really easy to know if these two famous serial killers that 
made a string of copycat serial killers in a blockbuster franchise, you would know if the guy was in prison alive or dead. You should. Now, especially the FBI agent. But I do have to say the reason I've giggled and shaken my head when you say Cult of Ghost Faces, I've seen Cult of Chucky and it just I haven't. It, so. it was so <laughs> bad and there's no there's no correlation between the two other than than the phrase. Um right. but it was so so bad like the way the way it was executed and my brain can't help but go there when you say it. I'm yeah. like, no, no, please don't. <laughs> Just to wrap it up, I, I think it would be fun to go through the kill list and who killed who, from my opinion. It, this took a lot of thinking and me like writing down on the pad. And, and I think I got everybody. I tried to throw the phone calls in too to figure out who's doing the phone calls. And that was just too much without me seeing the movie again. But I think I got this narrowed down if you want me to kind of go through who killed who when. Yes, but I do have to say Mr. Jackson killing it again because that's the phone voice. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 he did, he did. <laughs> Looking at my notes here, the guy that killed Samara Weaving's name was Jason. So that makes the Jason Takes Manhattan thing even funnier. That is awesome. <laughs> so Jason and Greg were killed by Detective Bailey because Quinn was at the apartment with her dude. Yeah. Right? Because Sam came in looking for her sister. And we know that Ethan was at the party with Chad the whole time yeah. where Tara showed up and tried to go upstairs. So Detective Bailey killed Greg and put him in the refrigerator and killed Jason. And <laughs> since he's the mastermind of this whole thing anyways, it makes sense, right? Yeah. The bodega would have to be Detective Bailey. We're, we, we briefly touched on this, but that scene was just crazy because, like, you've always been safe in public from Ghostface. And this is New York where there's no not public area. And they just run in a mini mart. And Ghostface just comes in and fucking kills like three or four people in the room. Yeah, no fucks given. No fucks given. But anyways, that would also have to be the detective because Quinn and Ethan were at the apartment with our main crew. Okay. And the shotgun. We went over the shotgun. Yes. Right. Annika's death and Quinn's fake out death would have to be your dad because Ethan was at a study session because Chad had to verify it. Yeah. Right? hundred. like, you couldn't. A hundred people. Economics or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, we know where Quinn was. <laughs> So that would have to be dad. And we went over that a little bit, too, about the knives getting taken away and how to get in. Yep. Gail's attack and the death of her boyfriend were Quinn because Ethan and Bailey were at the park with the rest of the crew. And she even brags about stabbing Gail at the end when they're monologuing. Yeah. Mindy was attacked on the train by Quinn because we could see Chad the whole time. Yes. And Detective Bailey called them from the police station. Yes. Kirby was attacked by Quinn and Ethan and also the two that stabbed Chad. Obvious, because there's only two in costumes there at the end. Yeah. When when Dad shows up. And the shrink doesn't really matter, because any of them could have done it. But if I had to guess, it was probably Detective Bailey, because he was supposed to be going and checking on the alibi anyways. Eh? So. And I think that's everybody that got killed. Yeah. Not... Well, I mean, other than the, the randos at the, the bodega, there's not a lot of kills. And it's crazy, again, to say that the, the fucking main cast all survive. <laughs> God, first time weird. ever. I, actually, I think it was the most kills, though, out of any Scream movie by a significant amount. It may be. Jason, Greg, uh, you had the shopkeep at the bodega and the two tough guys. Yeah. So we're up to five. Annika, so six. Quinn, but we take her away, so she doesn't count. Gail's boyfriend, seven. Boyfriend in the bathtub. Boyfriend in the bathtub, forgot about him, eight. Uh, Annika, nine. The shrink, ten. And our opening kill. Plus some air weaving, so 11. Yeah. And then you throw in the three baddies, 14. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's no other screen movie that had 14 kills. <laughs> in the fucking way. So no, it was pretty high body count. But you know what? It doesn't feel like that because it wasn't. It wasn't the main. It wasn't our main cast in in right in any of those deaths. So that's that's weird. God, that's fucking weird. <laughs> they were spaced out, and this was the longest screen movie. I checked. It's like two hours and three minutes or something. Didn't feel like two hours. Dude, I that thought runs it had a really good pace. Bullshit. That runs over two hours. <laughs> Yeah, it was over two hours long. It did not, dude. I bitch about that all the time, and that did not <laughs> bullshit. You gotta be fucking with me. <laughs> two hours and three minutes. I knew it was more than two hours just by looking at a watch. It's hard to guess with the uh, previews and stuff, but holy I looked, shit, two hours and three minutes is the runtime of the film. Like, okay, so the, the so the phone call in the park is like the only lull. <laughs> yeah. And it's still pretty quick because it's not like they showed them like racing to Gail's place. It's not. It's like two minutes. Just went straight to a really cool chase. Like they gave Gail a long chase, which she earned as a original character, right? (laughs) Yeah, they're just, they're spaced out really well. And uh, I kind of want to point out, you know, with the new Halloween trilogy, they tried to make Michael Myers more vicious and he was. Yeah. Other than the last film ends. But um, (laughs) he was, especially in Kills. They did it with Ghostface, but more successfully. Yes. Because, like you said, Jason guts the shit out of Samara Weaving's character. I got to look up. I don't know what her first name was, but her last name was Crane. So that had to have been like a psycho yeah. throwback there, which they always do. Show. Everybody's name Sam Carpenter. You know, it's Sam Loomis and John Carpenter. <laughs> like, like, everybody's name's always been like that in the screen movies. Yes. Well, and there's also Hitchcock posters all over the place in these last two. So Yeah. Yeah. The guys making these movies are, are fans of film. Yes. Obviously. Yes. Yeah. And that's nice. <laughs> and, and they know what they're doing. And I, I don't know. Like, I've had fun. I've said this before. I'm not huge fans of Scream 2 and Scream 3. No, oh, we know. I liked Scream 4 seeing it after the fact. But I like it as the really far separated movie from the original. Right? Like, I thought it did a good whole requel thing before requels were a thing. Yeah. I'm really enjoying 5 and 6, though. They're They're... Honestly, like they're just under the original scream to me. Like this is how I wish all horror franchises went as far as being entertaining. Um, I mean, I'm a huge Halloween fan, which everybody knows. And while enjoying the, the new movies, there's so much fucking wrong with them. Yeah. So much wrong, so much screwed up. And <laughs> whether that's a uh, writer's fault, director's fault, studio's fault, who knows? We're not, we're not here to pick that, but they screwed it up. This has not like it has not let me down most of the bitching you see people do online is either not liking the way somebody portrayed a character or somebody living and i thought those were were covered nice as being you know easter eggs from scream 2 and being dewey and things like that and i said this about the the last one my my biggest beef right now with the last two is there's there's some dialogue that i'm just like in in Five, there was some dialogue to, to me was straight up cringe. Um, that's way better in this one. It's still it's still not Williamson. Is it cringe or are we just old and, and we're not used to people talking that way? Oh, fuck. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> fuck you right in the air. <laughs> that could just be, you know, the younger generation's way of talking, man. God, we're all getting dumber. <laughs> I feel like the killer monologues in both films were really overacted. Uh, and I think we discussed this a bit when we talked after the movie, but I think it's intentional because I feel like it's always been that way. I don't know, man. I got to uh, see. Okay. So we got home and tried to take a nap because we're old and we were, <laughs> we were not successful. But by the time we went to bed, um, we put in scream too. Um, okay. <laughs> just, just to go there and, and see how, how the vibes were. Um, and I fell asleep. So I don't, I can't speak to that right now. And that one might be less egregious on the second one. Like, I feel like 
Mickey was just a serial killer and uh, Billy's mom was mostly just a crazy lady. And she was playing a completely different character too, right? Like from what we'd seen her in earlier in the movie because she had a fake identity. Well, there's three directions to go here and you already brought up one of them. There's there's our age, uh, which ties into nostalgia factor. Um, yeah. Totally. And the third one being, is it just bad? So I have to go, I have to go <laughs> back and watch the other ones and, you know, kind of like close my eyes and, and wait and see because – because the first ones aren't without their flaws. Even the first one isn't without its flaws. Right. But to bring this back full circle, this one felt more, I mean, just just the look and the feel, just the vibe. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. It was the closest we've gotten back to, was way closer to going back to the original Screams than the previous movie was. The The previous movie felt yeah. like, and but it's but that's a good thing. It's like it was an attempt and it was like, okay, we're going to get a little bit better. And if we keep getting oh, a little bit better, up. we're going in a good fucking direction, unlike other franchises. <laughs> so it's a win for horror. It's a win for fucking this 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 temple that was built by mm-hmm. fucking uh, Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven. And uh, I'm, I'm give me Stu in the next one. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I might be mad because I wanted to be dead because it just wouldn't make any sense to me that nobody knew he was alive and he could be out there doing that unless I, well, no, even then like another cool thing they could do is <laughs> Stu gets out of prison somehow and he's like kind of redeemed and he's helping them stop Ghostface. But still, we should know if he's dead or alive. Like, it should be fact. Yeah. And everything points to he's dead. He looked dead. I think they mentioned him being dead in other movies. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah. The date of death in the new movie, as you pointed out. So, I, I, I don't know. As cool as it would be, I don't think it needs to happen. <laughs> and even even the, the fifth one, I think some of the things that, that you didn't like about it, I think I got more out of it because I am one of those nerds on like the horror movie reddits and the film reddits (laughs) and it really tied into everybody bitching about requels, all the legitimate complaints about like the stars movies and other movies were addressed in that movie and Richie and his girlfriend like being obsessed with the movies and and they don't like the direction the movies went and like... (laughs) And getting fucking mad and bitching about it on Reddit and then deciding to kill people so that a better movie would get made. Like, I felt like that was the most scream fucking thing I'd ever heard in, like, modern <laughs> time. And I think maybe, like, since you're stepped back a little bit from that, like, it it didn't resonate as well. But I thought it was extra funny. But most of the people seeing those movies probably aren't the film nerds hanging out on Reddit and listening to all the complaints and getting into the recall discussions and stuff. So it, it's, it's a niche audience kind of thing. Oh, it is. And, and I get into it on the, I, I don't post cause I'd go insane, but I get on the forums as well. <laughs> um, my biggest beef with the previous movie is there's no way that little bitty chick did any of those kills. Like I'm just, yeah. even when they shot it, you'd have like, Oh, well we know it was her cause she was the only one who could be there right now. How is she fucking taller than Dewey? Like I, 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 I can't, can't do it. <laughs> yeah. But there's a whole mass thing involved. It's it's not a sex or gender thing. Exactly. It's, it's mass. Yeah. Yeah. At any rate, this feels like Scream. It's headed in an awesome direction and it's the only fucking horror franchise that has managed to successfully reboot. Yes. Like Evil Dead was good, but it was one movie. <laughs> so. And it was great. And hopefully Evil Dead Rise will be great as well. But even then, that's not a sequel to the remake so it's not it's just takes place in the fucking universe and that's okay (laughs) (laughs) anyways we we hope you guys enjoyed these two 
Scream 6 bonus episodes. We we hope to do more stuff like this in the future. It's kind of sad because it doesn't look like there's a lot of horror coming out, but Evil Dead Rise will definitely be done like this. Oh, yeah. And um, there's kind of an idea of some of the stuff we'd like to start putting on Patreon, but this one's definitely just going out to everybody because it was just fucking fun. <laughs> Let us know what you think about the more shorthand review style because it's different from how we do a normal episode, but it was, I still feel like it was pretty detailed, but yeah. it's because this movie stuck in my head really well. <laughs> I don't think I normally come out of a movie able to write this much down, you know, but I immediately did it when I got home. So that helped. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad to be getting, you know, good horror movies and um, not seeing beloved franchises getting pissed on. All the time when yes. they get remade or sequels added. And uh, let's keep it going and not overstay our welcome. <laughs> Speaking of overstaying. <laughs> but that's it for the bonus episodes, guys. And uh, I should have this out in a day. These will be short and quick to edit. And I am almost finished with the Babysitter franchise. So you guys should expect that this week. Yay! And uh, we're already working on the next one. So we'll have that out to you in the beginning of April. Thanks for listening. <laughs>